reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread, and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying, he is Elijah. Still others, he's a prophet like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to marry your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but one is unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I'll grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oaths and the guests, he didn't want to break his word to her, so he promptly dispatched an execution with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in prison. He brought in the head on a platter, and he gave it to the girl, and the girl in turn gave it to her mother. When the disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's first reading from the book of Sirach. We finish a couple of weeks of concentration on King David and on all that he had done. The book of Sirach praises David for all that he needed to be praised for. His incredible faith at the beginning that made him unafraid of lions and bears, unafraid of Goliath of Gad, who was twice his size, against whom he went up with a slingshot, five little petals, pebbles from a wadi, in the name of the Lord God the Most High. How? David had killed tens of thousands courageously, how he led the battle to reunite his people, how he destroyed the Philistines, how with every deed he offered thanks to God the Most High in words of praise, how he wrote all of those psalms in praise to the Lord that filled not just the royal chambers, but every place else, especially the sanctuary, where even before dawn, with David's own words inspired by God, God's holy name would be praised. And Sirach even praised David for seeking and responding to the Lord's mercy. 
the Lord gave him his sin, forgave him his sin, and exalted his strength forever. That David needs to be exemplified in all of these ways, especially God's mercy after his unbelievably wrong sins. Sins that began with lust and then led to adultery and then led to a whole series of lies and then ultimately led to slaying Uriah, an innocent man who used to fight for David and for the Lord. But David recognized all of these sins that began with his lust, begged for the Lord's mercy, and the Lord gave it to him, and then never ceased to praise the Lord for that mercy shown. We see, likewise, the terrible sins that lust can lead to in today's gospel about the death of John the baptizer. Herod the Great's family, which was once incredibly powerful, totally disintegrated because of lust. Herod himself, when he was a young man, was praised for being so righteous in his following of the prescriptions of the law of Moses. When he was still young, he won the praise of the Israelites for how hard he worked and the skill that he displayed in rebuilding the temple that Solomon had built almost a thousand years earlier. People were saying no, no one has ever seen beauty until they saw the temple Herod built for Yahweh. But what occurred? He started to lust. One woman, however beautiful, wasn't enough. He needed to start stealing other wives, and he did, marrying them, having children from all of them. And then, because supposedly of the battles about who would become Herod's successor, he started killing not only his wives, but so many of his kids. And that lust that led to the murder even of own family members, even of one's own loves, passed on to the next generation. Today, we encounter his son, Herod Antipas, in the gospel, who 30 years later massacred a prophet whom he knew to be a prophet, whom he admired, feared in a holy way, and used to listen to. Why? Because Herodias, his wife, couldn't stand to be accused of sinning by John the Baptist, so she wanted to kill the messenger. Now, who was this Herodias? It says here that she was the wife of his brother Philip, Actually, Philip was his half-brother by one of his father Herod's the Great's other wives. But Herodias wasn't just Philip's wife. Herodias was already the daughter of one of both of their sister, uh, other brothers, Aristobulus, who was from another of Herod's wives. So Herodias was both his half-niece as well as his sister-in-law. And yet, incest was no problem for the family of Herod. In fact, Salome, Herodias' 
and Herod Antipas' daughter would end up marrying her uncle-slash-great-uncle, another Philip, a little bit later. That's what lust did to this family. But because he lusted, what did he allow? He allowed his daughter, and Herodias, her daughter, to come into a crowd of a bunch of drunk courtiers and dance a lustful dance. That was something in the ancient world that only prostitutes did. And yet, they were going to allow their daughter, a princess, to behave like a prostitute in front of all these other men. Because he himself was so moved by his daughter in a lustful way, he promised her anything she wanted up to half his kingdom. And she asked for something far greater. She asked him to murder not only an innocent man, but to murder someone he knew had been sent by God to proclaim the gospel and his own conversion. And Herod did it out of a false allegiance to his own oaths and so that he wouldn't be ashamed in front of all his lascivious court members. And that's what occurred. That's what led to John the Baptist's death. We see what lust can do. And it's incredible destruction. But the Lord is merciful even to that. It would be great if we knew that Herod Antipas and Herodias and Salome ever approached to receive that mercy. Unfortunately, we don't, like David did. But we need Likewise, in our own culture, in which so many families are being broken up by lust and what lust leads to, so many murders are happening even in the womb to our own family members through what lust leads to, so many women are being objectified and sold into sexual slavery because of what lust leads to, so many become addicted in such a way that they can no longer even relate and give of themselves to others because lust changes their intentionality from a giver made in the image of the divine giver to a taker. Mercy is available, but we need to recognize our need for it and seek it before we become like David with Bathsheba or Herod with Herodias and Salome, because it can happen to us too. I once wrote a very provocative editorial in the Anchor. Not all the priests like it. But I mentioned what happened at the Foxy Lady back right after Christmas 2006. Started to ask, why should we be so surprised that sins against the Sixth Commandment lead to sins against the Fifth? We don't want that ever to occur. But we shouldn't be shocked that once people are flipping their nose off toward God, that they'll flip it even with the worst possible sin we could commit against somebody else. Once others become tools to our own objectives and gratifications, when they get in our way, when they hinder us from seeking our own pleasure, 
sometimes we will be led in that passion to something we would regret for the rest of our life and even take somebody else's life. We need to cut that lust off at its root. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Blaise. St. Blaise, like all the martyrs, teaches us what we need to live for. And I think it's kind of significant that on the Feast of St. Blaise, who had cured a boy who had had a fish bone stuck in his throat and was about to choke to death, that we bless throats. When we start to look at the neck, the neck that was severed in the case of St. John the Baptist, we can try through St. Blaise and St. John the Baptist's intercession in order to reconnect both sides of the neck. The neck is the means through which we are nourished. The neck is the means through which the oxygen we breathe helps us to survive. And the neck is the means by which our reason controls our entire body. And what happens in lust is that all three of these things get severed just as much as the head of John the Baptist was severed by Herod. We forget that the real food we need is God, not the satiation of our appetites, whether they be the appetite of our stomach or our sexual appetite. We forget that our soul needs to breathe in prayer far more than we need the toxins that can sometimes be sucked in from our culture. And that if we're ever really going to be chaste, we need to help our reason purify our emotions and lift them up so that whenever we're attracted to somebody else, we're not attracted merely to body parts or what we might use to make ourselves feel better. But in fact, to raise our attractions up to the dignity of the person as a whole, remembering that that person is always meant to be a temple of the Holy Spirit, which we should never use the way Herod used his daughter just for the pleasure of the eyes or the pleasure of the flesh. Today as we ask St. Blaise to bless our throats and cure us of every malady of the throat and every other evil, let us ask him in a special way with the help of John the Baptist to cure us of the capital sin of lust that leads to so many other sins in our hearts, in our eyes, in our flesh, and in our world. Let us ask them both to put our head and our flesh back together so that both with eyes and heart we might praise the Lord as the repentant King David did.